What's up, it's your boy Enigma, and have you ever watched a movie you loved from your childhood recently and thought, what the f*** was I thinking? Past and Present is a podcast revisiting those awkward times, asking, does your favorite movie stand the test of time, or is it utter trash now? The latest episode starts now. What's up, it's your boy Enigma back with another past and present episode, and today we're going to talk about Lockdown, which is a movie that came out in 2000, and it stars uh, Richard T. Johnson as Avery, uh, Gabriel Cassius as Cashmere, DeAndre Bonds as Dre, Master P as Cleanup, and a whole bunch of other people. So back in these days, at least for me, Prison was the thing that you wanted to watch. At least for me it was, anyways. And, <laughs> you know, ever since Oz came out, I believe Oz debuted around 1997. That was the movie, well, series, that kind of turned me on to this type of viewing. You know, it was just savage, it was just brutal. And a lot of times you want to see different things that you're not a part of. So the reason why mafia movies are so popular and TV shows and all that is because none of us are in the mafia. You know, it's one of those things that's intriguing, the criminal aspect of it even though these are legitimate bad guys, but you're intrigued by it because of the lifestyle and everything that goes into the whole mafia life. And I think prison had its thing too for us law-abiding citizens <laughs> that, you know, a lot of us will never actually go to prison. Thank God for that because Oz is the one that first captured me as far as the viewing experience because Oz took a look in prison that you really hadn't seen. You started to see a lot of the things that they don't really talk about. And so, you know, it actually changed my whole viewing perspective as far as uh, TV shows and movies alike, because after Oz, I started to wanted to see more of the rawness of television, you know, the Sopranos, the wire actual shows that dealt with a lot of raw emotion, raw, you know, lifestyles and criminal element and things like that. And Lockdown was just one of those movies that came out, um, you know, starring Master P. So Master P was probably, uh, I'm not going to say at the height of his popularity, because I think he was popular a little earlier than that, but he was still the man out there. And so being that he's from New Orleans and I'm from New Orleans, I actually wanted to watch, you know, some of the stuff that he does. You know, he Master P was just the man back then. And Lockdown kind of grew on that whole Oz thing, showing you what goes on beyond the prison walls, or behind the prison walls, rather. And, um, of course, it's exaggerated from what I understand from people who actually been to prison. But it was just one of those aspects that, you know, it was just that rawness that I was interested in at the time. So, when this movie came out, I definitely, you know, saw a lot of Oz vibes into it. But... Anyways, let's talk about what I thought about the movie when I saw it the first time and, you know, basically go from there. Past. Alright, so this movie basically had a bunch of late night vibes, in my opinion. I think this is one of those movies that I caught on HBO late at night or one of those um premium stations when it came on late at night because i know i didn't go to the show to see this and i know i didn't rent this at any blockbuster or whatever was around back then 
So this movie would have had to have been something I saw late night on HBO when I first seen it. And I remember watching it because it, it was like I said, it was a Master P type movie, not type movie, but Master P movie. Um, I know it wasn't just him in the movie, but, you know, if you see a movie with Master P in it, you always see the same kind of guys in there because P took all his people with him in any movie that he was in. And, you know, that was the one thing that intrigued me about it because I probably wouldn't have watched it. You know, this is Richard T. Jones is basically Avery Montgomery. You know, this is way before his uh, Mike days on. I think he's more popular for that now from uh, Why Did I Get Married? And... You know, this was a movie that just caught my attention. Like I said, I was already fascinated by Oz. Oz had came out three years prior to this. So I wanted to see a little bit of what this movie could bring to that whole lore. Um, just to kind of give a quick recap. You know, Avery is a swimmer who is looking to get back into school. He has a swim meet and he does well when in the eye of a scout. Uh, to celebrate his success, Avery goes to celebrate with childhood friends Cash Mears, um, who's a drug dealer, and Dre, who I don't really remember if they said what he was. He was just one of the homies they grew up with, I guess. Um, earlier in the film, Cash had gotten to it with uh, another drug dealer named Broadway, a uh, dealer who was working for him and looking to get revenge. He basically kills <laughs> a fast food worker and tosses the gun in uh, Cash's car trying to set him up and so Dre and Avery discovered the gun while they were on their joyride but the police pull him over and arrest him sending him to jail and in jail all three friends have different experiences like Avery bunks with Malachi who was an old head who was looking to lay low but respectful dude Cash gets down with Cleanup who is Master P a dealer in prison looking to keep his business uh, running and Dre, oh my God, he ends up with a psychopath in graffiti and is immediately raped. It was just ugh, a brutal scene. And so throughout the film, basically you just have the prison life. You know, they're trying to move in on each other's territory, uh, graffiti and uh, clean up. And this is just a back and forth at the end. Um, his wife, I don't know, was she his wife or girlfriend? Uh, Krista, played by... Uh, Melissa D'Souza, uh, she's working hard to try to get his conviction overturned um, out there with Bill Nunn, who is playing a scout or whoever the hell he was in Charles. <laughs> and um, they're trying to get the everything overturned. And Broadway, the guy that uh, Cash had gotten a fight with earlier, he writes a letter at the, before committing suicide, admitting that Cash had nothing to do with the shooting and they were able to get it overturned and get Avery out of prison before everything went down because he was about to get killed. There was a big riot at the end. Him and Master P fought. He beat Master P. Uh, well, he really didn't beat him. Cash helped out and everything was going to be cool, but Cash ends up getting killed. So, you know, that's the movie basically. And so that was just the whole jail vibe. And I remember when I first watched this movie, I mean, it was just really a brutal thing to see prison life and really it was dre the one who has had the experience that everybody fears you know what i'm saying um matter of fact what gave me interest to watch this movie again recently the picture of dre <laughs> um you know just is not the whole scene but the picture of his face started to circulate on social media and, it, and people were like 
oh my god this was just one of the most heartbreaking scenes and i remember seeing it somewhere i'm like what movie was that and then i ended up finding out it was locked down i said that's where i've seen that before and that's what made me kind of watch this movie and revisit it again but i remember thinking when i first watched it that that scene was brutal i mean this dude was in jail like even you know he just got in the cell and is already getting raped and it's like that is like most people's biggest fears, at least for me, it would be to go to jail and just that happen that quickly and just have no way out of it. And then just like Dre was, I mean, he was basically used and abused throughout the entire film. And it was just a heartbreaking scene. I mean, yeah, the stuff with Avery was kind of dramatic, too, but at least Avery had Malachi, who was a guy who was a you know veteran in the prison system who really wasn't trying to do anything and just really just trying to keep him out of trouble which he was trying to do his best at um cash hooked up with master p and them and he had a crew and all that type of stuff but you know master p was just the typical gangster drug dealer in prison so i don't know it, it was just a little over the top for master p probably is one of his better acting roles to be honest with you <laughs> and that's not saying much because p was not much of the actor but you know, it was just one of those things. That they weren't trying to be Oz. They were actually trying to tell a story. And a lot of the story, you know, back in those days when I first saw it, I'm like, okay, you know, I could see what they were trying to do. The story kind of took second place to what was going on in prison, though, because it was like they were trying to expose you to a lot of things that went on in prison with these psychopath uh, characters and stuff like that. And then you're just hoping that Avery gets out of there. I mean, this is a guy who had a promising career um to be a swimmer go back to school and get his life together he already had a child as well with um, his girl krista and so for him to go to jail over this bs was just dumb and you know there's a lot of things that go on in the real world where people go in jail for stuff they didn't do but you know it is what it is they do the best they can i guess to try to circumvent a lot of that stuff but overall, I remember thinking, okay, it was a decent movie. I mean, you know, it wasn't Oz because they don't have this time to build the characters. But it was a tale that was rather enjoyable. And it did show the viciousness of being in prison. So it did its job, you know. So if you watch the movie and, you know, well, not you, but like a kid or somebody who's like around 13, 14, you know, years old, they should force everybody to watch the, these types of movies. And I know this isn't a movie. This is a rated R movie, so it's not meant for kids that young. But I think if it can scare one kid straight, it did its job because, yeah, nobody wants to be in prison like this. This was just brutal. And I think it probably would scare straight a lot of people. All right, so that's what I thought about the movie when I first watched it way back when, probably around, if I had to say anything, it was well after 2000, maybe about 2004 or 5, man, I might have seen this movie. But let's talk about what I thought about the movie when I watched it recently. Present. Okay, looking into this movie in older eyes, this is a stupid movie. And the reason why, so... Cash gets into it. Like I said, he gets into it with Broadway, his, the drug dealer that works for him. And he, this dude goes out there, robs a, well, attempts to rob a local fast food joint and shoots a woman. Okay. They both have white cars. He has a hard top car, whereas Cash had a soft top or a convertible car. 
And so he throws the gun in Cash's car to basically set him up. Now, now Broadway, he wasn't the smartest guy, obviously. But what makes him think that this would work? And here's the reason why I say that. It's not like Broadway called the cops on him and said, yo, this dude here, he's riding hot or anything. He just tossed the gun in there and left. Okay. You know, what are the odds that the police will pull him over? And I guess he was looking at Broadway's looking at oh, black people. They always pull us over, blah, blah, blah. But I, I don't know. It just was stupid to me. It, it, it just didn't make any sense. Now, if they would have showed him calling the police on your boy and then, you know, the police stopping him, then it would make a little more sense. Um, the police stopped them because of the description of the car. And it was like a white car. And I guess any white car would do with black folks in there. <laughs> and that's why they pulled him over over suspicion. And then when they found the gun in the car, which the characters found it while driving in the car and that's how their fingerprints got on it uh dre picked it up at first um cash was like that's not my gun and avery was like we need to get rid of the gun like why is everybody passing around the gun first of all you know you should have just tossed it to the side and then went about their way and then they would have got stopped and nothing would have really happened um but well technically cash had a gun on him yeah did he use the same gun i don't remember but either way this movie would have been totally different, okay? Number two, Avery is charged with, you know, being a part of this. And I'm sure that he has his his whole thing of being at the swim meet. Why was not, why wasn't that brought up? You know, because I'm assuming, assuming right around the time that Broadway killed this girl was around the same time, if I recall... That Avery was doing the whole swim meet or getting ready for the swim meet or whatever. So you have an alibi. You know, I just don't understand why that wasn't talked about. I mean, they kind of did the whole montage through the trial thing. And it just made me, I don't get how the alibi wouldn't have worked if he's at the swim meet or practicing. Because my guess is he didn't just show up at the swim meet like, okay, let's go. He probably got there early trying to get his reps in. Um, you know, wherever he else he was, I'm sure he had plenty of witnesses that saw him and can say this is not him. Now, Cash, he was going to jail anyway because he took out a gun and started shooting at a cop. Okay. Cash was not getting out of jail. All right. Dre, he would have got out because he didn't have anything to do with it, but he was already dead at the time. Um, well, as far as when he went to jail anyway, but yeah, Dre... He could have used that as an excuse, too. I mean, I don't know where Dre was or what his situation was. Now, if he didn't have an alibi, he probably would have got stuck with it. But we know Avery would have had an alibi of what's going on. So, I don't know. I just The trial, they just kind of yada yada over it. And I really would have wanted to see how in the hell did they convict him with such an alibi. I mean, with his background and everything that's going on, there is no way that he probably would have served any jail time on any of this so i don't know very strange movie um my favorite scene when i was uh first saw it and when i watched it recently was the scene where both avery and cash first got into their cells and then they tried to punk their cellmate <laughs> with the punch because you know one of those tales that they tell you you hear it from different people um different people who do who've been to jail that i watch youtube videos on and all that 
So some people will tell you when you go to jail, the first thing you do is attack the first person you see just to let them know that you ain't no punk. And then I've seen people who say when you first go to jail, just don't mess with anybody. Just leave everybody alone. Be respectful and you'll be fine. So there's two different views on how to do this. So both Avery and Cash, when they first got to jail, decided to attack their cellmates for no apparent reason. <laughs> now, it worked out with Cash because the dude he was selling with was just kind of a dude, little punk dude who just, you know, he really just punked him doing, you know, whatever they wanted throughout the movie. It ends up being his downfall because he's the one that ratted out the whole operation that started the riot at the end anyway. Um, and Avery, he got with Malachi and thank God for Malachi took, you know, care of this guy and really looked out for him. So it is what it is. You know, I just found it funny that it was just one of those scenes like, you know, certain people say do that when you get to jail, just attack the dude, just, just let them know your dominance and all that. Um, and then Dre, he did the total opposite of what you do in jail. You know, he was trying to get all friendly with his cell, make graffiti, dudes, you know, talking to him. And the next thing you know, he ends up getting raped, which was just crazy to me. But I think that scene there, it happened a little too quickly. But, you know, it, I've never been to prison, so I don't know. Did people get punked like that on the first day? I would never know. But I hope to never, ever have to know. But, <laughs> you know, stuff like that, it, it was just whole, the whole jail thing. It was just... It's just one of those brutal things. And I thought they would at least um, separate the inmates. Like this guy, Graffiti, is a, looks like he's the, you know, what do you call those guys? Uh, the white supremacist guys in prison? Aryans. He looks like he's the head of the Aryans. So I don't know why they would put a black dude in his cell. Um, I know prisons are packed and all that. But normally, for what I understand, they try to separate people by race and stuff like that or you know association so the do then the reason they do that is to keep the violence down so if graffiti is one of the aryan brotherhood's main guys i don't know why they wouldn't put another aryan in the cell with him instead of putting a black dude in there which could cause problems and it end up did you know he ends up abusing dre and then dre ends up killing him at a um, viewing that they were having in the prison uh, church day, which was funny as hell to me. That was the first thing I noticed. They said they got, I don't know if that was church or whatever that was, but there's a choir singing gospel music in the prison, um, some sort of performance, and all the prisoners are sitting there, and even uh, graffiti's kind of, you know, nodding his head, shaking his head to the music. I'm like, bro, what is this? <laughs> Why are they in there? Is this church or these choir members just in there just to sing to these guys? And why would people like graffiti attend this? You know, I can see the black prisoners going to this, but this, you know, this Baptist gospel music. What the hell was graffiti doing? there? <laughs> and they're sitting up there kind of nodding his head, bobbing to the music and everything. And um, he ends up, uh, Dre ends up sneaking up and uh, killing graffiti, ends up getting killed himself, which was tragic. But yeah, that, that scene didn't make sense to me. Um, you know, it, it was just a weird scene. Another thing that was just kind of uh, crazy, I didn't realize that Ronnie from Players Club was on this. And I'm probably sure I remember seeing her back then because uh, I think Players Club came out before this. I'm more than certain it did. But I just forgot she was in here. So Ronnie from Players Club was in there. She was basically Master P's boo sneaking the drugs in there and all that. And then she got caught up because... 
of Cassius Selly selling out the operation. So it was just a lot of stuff that went on in this movie. And I will give it credit for this. And even watching it um, recently, I like the tension that it was bringing towards the end. So basically after getting the letter from Broadway before he committed suicide, clearing Cash and Avery of the shooting of the worker, you know, they're driving to the prison to get him released. And that's when this whole riot breaks out. And it's just this whole tense moment. Like, is he, they going to make it on time to save this man? Um, you know, he ended up uh, surviving the riot anyway, and then end up getting out. Um, but I, w- I did have another thing that I kind of looked at when I was watching this. So uh, Bill Nunn plays Charles, who was a scout um, I guess for the swim teams for different universities and stuff like that. So they were interested in uh, getting him back in the school, which is a cool thing. But why is he helping? I mean, are they really that hard up for swimmers that, you know, Charles has to sit here and say, you know, I got to get this man out of prison. I'm like, why would he even care that that part of it? It didn't make sense to me. And <laughs> Like I said, they, they, maybe they're hard up for swimmers. I don't know. But this dude, for what the story tells us, is just a scout. He scouts for universities for, you know, different athletes. And once this guy was arrested, why would you still try to help him out? You know, they didn't really show that he had a history of doing things or he was a man of the community or blah, blah, blah. It, it just didn't make sense to me. So I'm still trying to figure the hell out. What is he here for? Why is... He trying to trying his damnedest to get this dude out of prison. You know, I, I don't know. It was just a strange storyline, in my opinion. But um, yeah, it, it was just <laughs> I don't know. It, I, that that just jumped out to me. I don't know. Maybe I missed something in the film. I don't know. But overall, um, does this movie stand the test of time? I say it does because it still shows a darkness in prison that a lot of people really don't want to acknowledge. You know, you had the corrupt guards there that were working for um, the inmate uh, graffiti. They were working for him, um, you know, doing drug dealings and stuff. And the way that they were sneaking drugs in there has been done for, I understand, before, you know, with graffiti. He basically is, or his crew, him and his crew, basically, he's kissing the woman and she kind of, you know, spits the drugs into him and he swallows them. And then, of course, he'll crap them out later. And then there's uh, the way that. Um, Ronnie from Players Club sneaking it in, you know, sticking it kind of inside herself and all that. You know, so those are things that I've heard that's done in prison, in real prison. So I think they got that down. And it's just the rawness of prison. It's really one of those things. It's just a terrifying story of somebody who is wrongly convicted having to live this life that he didn't deserve. I mean, prison is no joke. And I think that movie really does a good job at showing that, you know, you have three different stories. The one guy, like I said, cash, he hooks up with the drug crew and you know, he's still on the outside, but he's not as respected as the people that's been there. Obviously, you know, Avery, he gets a shot, uh, at Malachi. And that's another thing I did want to point out. I didn't quite understand. Well, I understand what the movie was trying to say, but Malachi to sacrifice all of that just for Avery. I mean, you know, I guess he became a father figure to him and maybe he started to, you know, 
really have that type of relationship. And he knows, you know, Malachi knows he ain't crap. He's not going to do nothing when he gets out of prison. His family doesn't really um, talk to him anymore. He says his family been forgot about him. So he really doesn't have a future, but he was looking forward to at least getting out and him taking the blame after that altercation and then being sent to a max facility. And he sacrificed himself specifically for Avery. I found that very odd because I don't know. I mean, like I said, maybe he started to be that father figure and he wanted to do right by the kid. But I mean, this is prison, bro. And I, and again, he may be like your boy from um, Shawshank Redemption. He's institutionalized now, so prison doesn't really bother him. You know, but he knows that this dude has a lot to lose with a son and stuff that he didn't do. And maybe he's trying to look out for him there. So I don't know. I just thought that was a little odd that he would do that and sacrifice so much for this dude that he didn't really. I mean, I don't know how long they were in prison throughout this whole thing. For what I understand, the whole trial and everything started took four months. So I don't know how long they were actually in prison throughout the duration of the film. But I don't know. That just seemed a bit much for me. I mean, I understand trying to help him out and try to, you know, help him get onto the rules and stuff like that. But to actually take a charge that gets him sent to a max facility, I thought that was a bit reaching for him to do that and sacrifice that for this kid that he doesn't really know that well. But, anyways. It stands the test of time. It's a brutal look at prison. Um, you know, yes, is it over-dramatized? Yes, um, but it gets its point across that prison is not a place that anybody wants to be in. So I think it did its job there. It told the story. And, you know, the story was really secondary outside of what actually happened in prison. So, you know, it's one of those things that I think that it, it really does stand the test of time because, like I said, kids should watch this. And I know it's a rated R movie, but they really should, especially at risk youths, you know, the ones who are always getting into trouble. Show them what happens to them when they go to prison because a lot of them don't learn it until it's too late. And then at that point, a, lot, a life is ruined. You know, if you could save one kid who watches a movie like this or watches Oz and sees what goes on in prison and they change their ways and like, oh, hell no, I don't want to deal with that then you've done your job so that's just my thoughts on it but overall still an entertaining film um over dramatized at times but i do think it stands the test of time so what's up do you remember this movie lockdown 2000 let me know your thoughts in the comments below and if you want to check out any of my creative work you can hit me up at www.enigmakid.com that's www.enigmakid.com it's your boy enigma signing off Deuces.